stepping out of your comfort zone and quitting your nine to five job or any job that you have and gives you stable income can be quite scary for people. Um, so franchising gives you that security in a sense where someone's already done it. It's a proven method. You know that business works. You know what to expect. You know how much you need to invest. And you know when you're going to break even uh, if you're following. Hello and welcome to the BLK podcast. My name is Iowa Kasadarj and I am an equity researcher at BLK. With me today is Abo and he will be introducing our guest. Just as a disclaimer, the opinions mentioned on this podcast are the analysts and the guest and not that of BLK. Hello, my name is Abel Hagos and I'm an equity research analyst at BLK. I'm a sophomore at Stony Brook University. Today, today joining us is Danny Paliva, a manager director at Local Frame, which is a marketing agency based in London. Dini has more than 10 years of experience in online marketing and SEO, from managing startup fantastic services to launching new services and working with clients for local, local fame. She holds a bachelor's of science in business management and a master's in project management from UCL. Hi, nice to meet you guys, and thanks for having me at the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for joining us today, Danny. Um, could you please just, uh, for our audience, explain what you do and your experience in this industry? Sure. Um, so I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've always been interested in business since very young. Um, I started as a marketing expert in the franchising industry, and I also owned the franchise back in the days, which gave me invaluable insights about the franchising sector and also the challenges and marketing a franchise business. I was working for a global franchisor, but also owned the franchise myself. So this led me to the idea, why wouldn't I just... Um, uh, do my own thing and start my own gig and uh, this is how I founded Local Fame that is a franchise marketing digital agency and we work with global franchise brands um, from around the world some of our clients have more than 2,600 locations over 15 countries so um, just to get an idea of scale and size of the agency um, we've also won numerous awards, like the Marketing Excellence Awards by the Quality Franchise Association, and we've been nominated for a few others, and we've been also recognized as the best marketing um, agency uh, in 2014 and 2019. Um, so yeah, that's me and Local Fame in a nutshell. Yeah, wow. That's, uh, that's, uh, that's a lot to encompass. Um so we uh, we understand that like you know franchises exist and they're like everywhere in the world from like McDonald's to Apple's to Microsoft, but um, what what exactly is a franchise and when does a company choose to be a franchise? Right. So if we had to explain it with simple terms, usually it's a business that is uh, scalable and successful so in order for you to franchise out you need to be successful very very the very first and very least but also um the easiest way to explain it is if you removed yourself from the equation would the business still operate because a lot of people have successful businesses but they're so tied up in the business that they think 
that their business is successful, but if they remove themselves from the equation, the business would not continue to run and would startle. So that's a very easy way to think about it. And then also, is it scalable? Is it possible to have the same business in different locations if someone else is running it? Um, so this is how franchises are born. So obviously you had to have one location that was successful and then you can create all the legal paperwork, all the boring bits, create an operations manual. And can you also pass on that knowledge from the business in a book or in a training format of any kind so that others can develop the same business equally successfully. So these are the very basics of, of, of franchising and whether a business is, is franchisable. It has to be successful, but it has to be also scalable and you do, and, and it has to be easy so that others can also um, replicate the model. Oh, okay. And so do, do agencies like Local Frame? assist in the transitioning of becoming a business to a franchise? Uh, so we help, we help uh, ready, already established franchises with their marketing. So um, there are franchising consultants that help you do all the uh, franchising outbits. And what we do is once you're ready and once you've, you've decided to embark on the journey of franchising, we can help you generate leads to get more people to buy into your idea or in other words, to get more investment or more franchise, potential franchisees that will buy in your model. So we would help them first get famous online or get some exposure online and get more people excited about that business so that they can invest. And franchises have two main revenue streams. Uh, one of them is obviously people that want to buy into your franchise and buy a territory. So it's all based on division, territorial division and geographical division. So you buy an area um, and this area, is ex you've got exclusive rights to use that brand and that IP on that area. So if you get people to get excited about your brand and want to to um, work with you, they would invest and buy a franchise territory from you. So this is how franchises make money. They would literally sell territorial units to potential franchisees that want to operate in those areas. Uh, so this is one of the revenue streams. The other revenue stream is once you've sold a franchise territory, you want to make sure that your franchisees uh, that bought off you are successful because you're taking uh, revenue from um, well, you're taking royalties, the so-called royalties, from their revenue. So the more friend, your franchises are successful, the higher the royalty that the franchisor is collecting at the end of the year. Uh, so uh, basically it's within within everyone's interest for everyone to be successful. This is what I really like about the model is there's a lot of support and you make sure that it's within everyone's interest that you support each other and make sure that everyone is successful so when the franchisees are making money, ultimately it's always the franchisor. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes a lot of sense. Another thing that I was going to mention is uh, what I what excites me about franchising is the fact that a lot of people have entrepreneurial dreams, right? A lot of people have always had this idea to do something, to uh, run, to work for themselves, or to try to have their own side gig or something, or something, just something like 
I had an ambition to work for myself since very early age, but a lot of those people are also scared to, to like take the leap or um, they don't know how to do it. So a lot of people that are currently in some sort of employment would rather stay and have their stable environment and security and have a salary, the paycheck coming in every month. That is security, right? And then just stepping out of your comfort zone and quitting your nine to five job or any job that you have and gives you stable income can be quite scary for people. Um, so franchising gives you that security in a sense where someone's already done it. It's a proven method. You know that business works. You know what to expect. You know how much you need to invest and you know when you're going to break even uh, if you're following you know, the, the, the right process. And there's someone almost holding your hand throughout the journey. So you've got all this support. And if you are a very new uh, entrepreneur or like you're just starting up or you're very young or you don't have any idea of how business works, you still get that support and you still manage to fulfill your dream of working for yourself. So I think it's a great, great opportunity even for your audience to consider um, buying a franchise because I was very young and I was in my studies when I owned the franchise and that helped me pay for all my university fees. I was literally studying and running the franchise and it wasn't that hard, but it gave me, you know, that, that, that traction and that knowledge of how to run a business, but also had some supervision and support and peers and mentors and so, so forth. And uh, yeah, I think it's just a great opportunity. Yeah. And while like that, that's truly incredible that you were able to, you know, go through your your studies and be able to apply like what you guys are probably learning in class and, you know, managing a franchise. Um, are there any like experiences that you can think of where um, you've worked with a franchise and, you know, you guys have just been able to really successfully provide them with exposure? Yeah, there's a number of, of experiences just because... We're in it for the long run uh, and all our clients that we work with have stayed with us for many years. They just get a taster of what we do for them and then they just stay on because it works. So we've literally started with, for example, there's this one client in Australia where we've been working with them for seven years, I think. And when we started working with them, they... Uh, we're counting just 20 franchise locations. At the moment, they've doubled. So they've got 40 and it's counting. So they're growing exponentially because first we're making sure that every single franchisee gets the online exposure and marketing so that they're successful. And that translates into the brand success. So more people want to buy into that business when they see successful story, stories and uh, successful entrepreneurs and um, so yeah, there's really two ways of how we approach things we, uh, in the agency. We first work with directly with the franchisees and do their local marketing, just because every franchisee, as I said, is covering a specific area and they they operate in a specific area. So local marketing is very important to them, making sure that they are being selected uh, in, or chosen by by by. Um, as first go-to rather than their competitors. So we make sure that they're visible online, their website is top-notch, and their 
uh, social media is on point. Um, everything is aligned with the overall strategy of the franchise, the, the global franchise brands. So we make sure that they get clients ultimately and they're successful. But what we also do is we help the franchisor and generate more leads to sell the franchise. So lead generation campaigns, think Google Ads, LinkedIn, uh, any anything that will generate interest for the opportunity. Let's say you've got a location available in this state and this area, and you advertise on it, and we make sure that as many people see that opportunity and want to buy and get excited about investing into this. So yeah, that's that's it really. Yeah, no, that's really incredible. It's it's uh, fascinating how much uh, a company's growth can depend on its marketing and internal support as well. So, I mean, I feel like what you just described is a huge support of that. Yeah, absolutely. And then another, another very key element of franchising is the fact that the franchisor or the head office uh, has to strategize year on year and even quarterly and provide that marketing focus and direction to the franchisees so that they all stay aligned strategically because you can't have location A posting stuff on Facebook, whatever they decide, and then location B doing their own thing on Instagram, but like completely different and without having any alignment in the strategy whatsoever. So a big part of um, the franchisor's role is not just supporting them economically um, or operational-wise, but also giving them that marketing strategy and direction. And this is where we kick in as well. Because some franchisors thing is very um, overwhelming or they don't know how, how to do it necessarily. So, um, and also a big part of uh, the support that a franchisor needs to give to their network and franchisees is that marketing direction and strategy because you can't have one location uh, blogging about one topic in another location posting something completely different on their social media and the third one doing their whatever they want in terms of uh, leaflet or flyer distribution and business cards so making sure you are consistent in your branding and your brand messages and your marketing strategy is of key importance. So that puts a lot of pressure on the franchisor, right? So this is where we as an agency come in and tell them, we can help you with this. We can strategize for the next 12 months and we can um, then break this down into quarters, into quarterly plan, into social media activities, blogging activities, marketing collateral, offline, online. It's a lot of work, but we actually do that work for them. And then we distribute it to the franchisees. So at the end, you just know exactly when to post what, what to say, what to um, go live with, what flyers to print out and distribute in your area as a franchisee. And they, that takes a, a lot of the actual pressure of being an entrepreneur so that you can just focus on running the, the business. Absolutely. And I think you might have already answered this, but from your personal experience, like what sparked the interest to work in marketing and franchise business? I think you said growing up, you're entrepreneurial, but what really sparked the interest? So that, that comes from very early age and it's a very personal experience of mine. Um, I was, I was quite young and I'm Bulgarian originally. So, um, I was raised in a very small town, uh, in the mountains of Bulgaria. 
um, in Eastern Europe. And uh, we had a very modest childhood, me and my sister. Uh, my parents were not that well off back in the day. So they had to do, do they had to work two jobs to make ends meet. And um, I remember clearly, I was very young, but I still remember that they would come back 10 p.m. exhausted, uh, working two double shifts so that they can, you know, just support the family. And it was tough times. And then they decided to start their own business, my mom and dad. And uh, it was a luxury furniture manufacturing business. And they had to put even more effort to lift this off the ground and start and make it successful. Um, so for two, three years, it kind of struggled, but it, it worked okay. But then at some point, it did not lift off and it did not get that many clients. And sadly, they had to close the business. So I think in retrospect, what it inspired me was if they had that marketing support or franchise support, if my father and mother knew how to do business back in the days so or there was someone to support them, to, to give them the recipe, to help them with the marketing plan and strategy, uh, I think they would have been successful because their product was amazing. They were doing this amazing furniture, um, but there was nobody there to see them, to notice them, to buy from them. And they were also very stressed and struggled with it. So I could see the pain and I could see them, you know, not succeeding and, and how little was needed. So I think that got me thinking if there's marketing support, if there's franchising support and, and just supporting business for, for if, if there had been any for them, they would have been successful. And I think that got me inspired about helping other businesses and startups not to fail uh, or not to have a similar uh, situation and just help entrepreneurs that want to work with the, for themselves just to succeed, really, because uh, there's no nothing more gratifying than seeing someone succeed in business. Well, thank you. That was a great answer. And kind of like my next question would be similar to, have you had an experience where a startup or a company or um, a franchise they're working on, what happened if it failed? Like, what would you do the next step or what steps did you take to prevent the failure? I think you already mentioned about just how important marketing is, but can you talk a bit about that? Sure, sure. Um, I think... Being part of a franchise minimizes the risk of failure uh, just because there's a lot of research done before you actually sell a franchise location. There's a lot of marketing research, market research as well. You make sure that once you do the mapping process as a franchisor and decide which areas to sell, you do a lot of research. You buy market intel. You know exactly how many people live in that area. Uh, whether that's part of your demographics and so forth. So all that heavy lifting and work and research has already been done for you um, before you even sold that location or that particular area as a franchisee. It's very different when you're starting up on your own and when you are a sole entrepreneur. It's very different because you have to do this. You have to do the online research. You need to check if there's any demand for your product or service, where you're going to be operating. You have to do all the strategizing as well. Now, thinking about anything about uh, from starting from buyer persona and demographics to how you're going to distribute your product, um, supply chain, anything, anything. So there's there's a lot more 
thought process needed at the very beginning when you're starting up on your own. Um, and yeah, just identifying the correct buyer persona and identifying how you're going to distribute, how you're going to market, um, having that, uh, budget to begin with, uh, for marketing, for starting up and just, uh, really it's down to support as well. Like having that support in place of people that who you can ask questions because in franchising, on the one hand, you've got the franchisor who came up with the business and franchised it out. But then on the other hand, you also have franchisees who are in the exactly same situation like yourself. So peers, so you can, you, you, with the good franchises, there's like regular meetings with your peers and other franchisees and they share successful techniques, successful process, what's worked, what hasn't worked that well. So you exchange information. So you're part of this community of entrepreneurs and uh, business people that share your ideas, passion, and also support you through your journey. So this is why I'm, I'm so passionate about franchising. It's a different scenario when you're on your own. I'm not saying it's impossible. It's just harder but uh you can also you know get together with other like-minded entrepreneurs and incubators or um you know other programs that are there to support or you can always reach out to uh, business people that are successful in your niche or your sector and you can ask them for mentorship and support it will be very surprised how many people are going to say yes because people that are successful in business are not that unapproachable as most people's think and say actually sending them a linkedin message asking them for advice or for for some help can also um you know um, you'll be surprised with the results really this is how i got my best mentors those are guest were guest lecturers um in at uni and i just uh, when i was a, a university i was fascinated by a couple of the lectures that we had and i just went there and asked for the business cards it was very bold of me because those were like millionaires like seven figure ceos of big corporations but i was like let's try right and i went in and i introduced myself and just said how inspired i was by their lecture and i'll take their business card i would leave them with mine and we would still communicate 10 years later i still have my mentor because i was bold enough to go and ask to like get his contact details add him on linkedin send him a follow-up email uh, have a coffee every couple of months with him and so forth so i would advise definitely do reach out to people who you aspire to um you'll be surprised that they will answer most likely uh, and a lot of successful entrepreneurs make time for philanthropy and just uh, leaving a legacy and supporting um starting up uh entrepreneurs as well or or you know people who struggle in business because they once did and they were there in their footsteps for once so uh yeah it's just passing it on to the generations in terms of failure if i can expand a little bit on that everyone fails you would fail inevitably at some point of the journey but i don't necessarily focus on the failure i don't see it as a failure i see it as a learning uh, because you try something and it does not succeed but you've learned that that doesn't work so you just need to switch your strategy just don't as long as you get this point in your brain right you will be very successful as long as you don't focus on the failure but you focus on the learning from the failure i don't even use that word i just say I've learned that this is not going to work or I've learned that this was the wrong strategy. I don't, I just, 
eradicated failure from my dictionary. And I'm just like, okay, that did not work. What did we learn from the experience? We learned that this was probably the wrong strategy or it was executed in the wrong manner or we have to like switch it up. But this is learning. It, it actually gives you something. So yeah, we, we fall, we stand up and we go on. It just It's all about consistency and just never stop fighting really. Yeah, no, that, that was a great antidote you just provided as well about the power of communication and how you were able to contact these guest lecturers and, you know, just being emboldened enough to speak to them. That, that's really amazing. Um, you know, we on the podcast have had like several moments, even like reaching out to you, you know, that took a lot um, for us to try and contact you. And, you know, there's been other guests where you just think like, oh, they wouldn't respond, but. They, they sometimes do. You'll be surprised, yeah. But uh, everyone's been a student once and everyone's uh, felt uncertain at times. And that support and, you know, encouraging others and supporting them or just, just sometimes giving them a, a, a couple of good words and, and a smile, is uh, it just lifts you off the ground. I had moments when I literally just needed someone to listen to me so that I can prove my business idea without even giving me any advice, just someone to talk to that would make me more assertive. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's always someone to talk to and especially today with like technology and zoom calls and it doesn't have to be always like related to physically meeting someone or making half a day um, out of your calendar and like dedicating that time. But you can always, always jump on a half an hour, one hour call and just have a very candid conversation with someone that's more experienced. And uh, people do tend to invest, um, enjoy investing their time in, in such activities. So yeah, definitely be bold and uh, just reach out to people. And if they say no, they say no, it's whatever. You just go on and you just move on to the next one. It's not a, it's not a loss. It's just a learning. Yeah, exactly. And I love uh, your perspective of uh, mistakes as well, being opportunities to grow and edu educating yourself. Like that's, it's really powerful. Um, but how would you say um, in the f franchise industry, um, you know, you, you personally being very involved with this, what is, what are like the biggest tactics of growth and scaling and, what would your personal advice be to anyone who wants to maybe not start a franchise, but just start their own business? And like, how, how can I make that scalable? Right. So <laughs> there's a lot of, a lot of advice that if I have to compress it into a few sentences, I would definitely say, make sure that um, you, you clarify the principle, the principles, the main principles of your business. You have to have a very clear idea of, what you're marketing or what you're selling and whom you're selling it to. So yes, a lot of people come to me and say, I've got this business idea. What do you think? Uh, but they can't even explain it thoroughly. And you have to like have spent a lot of time thinking about it. So in order for you to explain it to others and also for to expect someone to like buy off you, you have to be very good at pitching it on the very first place. So, I would say think, start writing, 
writing has always helped me clarify my ideas. When I have a business idea that I'm I'm not 100% clear of, I just have a blank sheet of paper or a Word document and I start writing an article about it. I know it sounds a bit odd, but it's not an it's not a an academic article. You just like pour your thoughts onto paper. It helps a lot to like clarify what what you're thinking or just get a download a business business templates uh, business plan template of the internet and it's got like 10 bullets points who's your market what's your budget what's the cost of your product and so on it's just going to get you to think about it and put everything on paper and in this way you you don't only just realize what you know but also you realize what you don't know or what are the gaps that you haven't thought of about your business idea um so this is the think time the so-called think time, and this is the foundations of any business. You have to be very clear about your market, your product, your pricing, your you know all the five P's of marketing and whatnot. But um, this is just the very first step. But if you don't know that, you're already not successful at your business. And then if someone asks you, or if you're like looking for investment, for example, and an investor comes and starts grilling you about your business, and you're like. I'm not sure I haven't got this right yet. I mean, that means your 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 business plan is not solid and you want to make sure that you've got a solid business plan in place. This is the very first step uh, for success. And if, whether that's a franchise or whether you're starting on your own, it doesn't really matter. But thinking about it and just making sure you've got this 360 perspective of uh, yeah, market, economics, pricing strategy, uh, budgets um, you, you would need some marketing as well just to begin with your idea might be amazing most of the entrepreneurs fall into the trap of thinking I've got this amazing idea my business is amazing so just by people seeing how amazing it is they're going to start buying from me well I'm sorry to break it down to you but that's not how it works you need to make noise about it and especially now you need to make a lot of noise about it because the market is so crowded with products and services there's so much offering that you know you just saying i have a great product does not make you stand out so you need to have a solid marketing strategy in place you have to be visible online whether that's social media website i don't know if it's if it's a product obviously think about e-commerce making sure that you don't just sell to your niche but also selling to the whole world like at the moment we've got this unique opportunity through the internet to have to sell products and services to people at the, at the other end of the globe. So your, your audience should not limit themselves locally in terms of geographical uh, perspective necessarily, but also they should think about who's my audience, who's my ideal buyer persona, whom I can sell to. And that can be people from Japan, the States, China, Africa, South America, whoever. The world's at your fingertips right now because of the technology that we've got. So a lot of people think, oh, this is my, my market is from this street to this street or this particular city where I'm based. That thinking has to change. That thinking has to go global. Actually, I am marketing to a very specific persona, 20 to 30 years old, that are interested in this and that, but are based around the world. How do I reach those people? And then you, you find the right channel and you start reaching out to them. So yeah, there's, I, I can talk about that for, for many hours, but these would be the basics I would cover, yeah. 
Yeah, and and thank you for that response. Um, yeah, I was just going to ask, um, how was local frame affected during the pandemic? Um, were there were there any changes in strategy or different clients? And how do you foresee marketing changing due to the pandemic? Uh, okay, that's a great question. Thanks. So obviously there was a lot of uncertainty at the beginning when the pandemic hit. In the first few months, a lot of the clients uh, pulled their budgets, advertising budgets. They paused their um, video budgets and whatever in the campaigns. But um, it, it just changed the way we play the game. I mean, there was not so much like change not so much like change the audience but because everyone was afraid and everyone was uh you know holding off to their budget and pausing their campaigns that actually created more opportunities for the businesses that paid and stayed to advertise what we've seen was uh, those that remained advertising on google on facebook on social media they had a lot more exposure the results were better uh, just because um, there was less competition. So for us in local fame, it was it was great to 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 see through our customers and continue to work with the ones that stayed with us. But also the, after the first couple of months of of people sk- being scared and like companies holding off to their budget, they realized that actually. The audience is still there, but it just changed. They're not on the high street, they're online. Uh, people kept on buying uh, online. They kept on consuming content online. It just changed from, you know, usually it would be on the go from your mobile device, but then it changed to desktop. So people were spending a lot more time at home. So they were browsing and looking at and consuming content from desktops, which meant we just had to change the mobile ads to desktop ads and we just had to respond real quick. So um I mean the market is still there. It just there's different the user behaves in different ways and there's like different ways of uh, how you can reach them and you just need to deploy a different strategy in terms of uh you know you can you might use a different channel or you might have desktop ads rather than mobile ads, depending on where they are and how they engage with your brand, but they're still there. So um, in, in a nutshell, how this influenced our business, in business our business flew off the, the ground and we were quite lucky because there's always going to be work for a digital marketing agency, especially now when businesses realize that they can't exist without having a solid internet presence or online presence because all the buying and all the trading was happening online. So we were quite lucky in that respect that we had more work for the businesses that didn't have any websites or didn't have any marketing campaigns or whatnot. They just, they realized that they need them. So they started reaching out to agencies. So you, any agency now has a lot more work than before. Um, which was yeah great for other businesses who are not that uh, lucky I guess. Absolutely, thank you for your answer. I'm really glad to hear that you were able to work on your business, and really glad that it was able to take off in the pandemic when a lot of businesses indeed fell. Um, yeah, Ewell, yeah. any last questions on your end? Thank you so much, Danny, for joining us today. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Um, and yeah, we wish you all the best of luck and thank you for, for speaking to our audience. 
It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. And if anyone wants to follow up with a question or anything uh, to your audience, uh, don't hesitate to connect on LinkedIn. Uh, so I'm happy to respond or, uh, to any questions or give you any support that you might need. So yeah, just be bold and uh, go ahead and uh, fulfill your entrepreneurial dreams.